0: Welcome to The Art of Leadership with Nina Ellison. Join Nina as she explores the underlying value of soft skills in the lives of healthy leaders. Thank you, Barry. I am Nina Ellison. You know, in the English language, there are some misnomers that just make me shake my head. Words like gravy train that have nothing to do with gravy or with trains, but rather a source of easy money. <laughs> Or how about the red panda, a raccoon that is found from the Himalayas to China that has nothing to do with pandas? Or what about the fact that there's no coat in a coat of arms, and and neither are there arms in a coat of arms, as it refers to some type of symbolic emblem? Or killer whales, one of the largest species of dolphins? Or whale sharks, gentle giants that... While vastly intimidating by their size when swimming next to them, as as I can testify, feed on plankton and their name of whale plus shark is, is misleading. When I think about misnomers, I have to tell you that soft skills comes to mind. There's nothing soft about soft skills. In fact, they're the hardest skills you'll ever seek to acquire. Here are some of the names that have been defined as synonyms to the fundamental understanding of soft skills. And the first synonym that caught my eye was perspicacity, because I, I had to look up its meaning. It means things like wisdom, being keen-witted, far-sighted, shrewd, intelligent. And then other words that are synonyms for soft skills are maturity, deep comprehension, finesse, intimacy. And I could go on. there are literally hundreds of these. It turns out that one of the most noted original studies of soft skills can be traced back to the U.S. military between 1968 and 1972. The military had excelled at training troops on how to use machines to do their job. But they were noticing that a lot of what made a group of soldiers victorious was how the group was led and not how they used their machines. At the time, the military had extensive training on the use of machines and had minimal training on the impact of leadership. And so they went about creating a method to capture how this knowledge was being acquired. A study of soft skills was initiated and pursued as this group sought to define soft skills. In fact, directly from the report they wrote, a tentative definition of soft skills might be formulated as... Soft skills are important job-related skills, which involve little or no interaction with machines. So it was kind of an either-or approach. You know, this reminds me a little of the original 64 elements of the periodic table. You remember those chemical elements, which were raised by atomic number and electron configuration and recurring chemical properties. They were published in 1869 by Mendeleev, and he left spaces for future discoveries. Since that time, 54 more elements have been added, with the most recent formally named in 2016. This is is how I feel about soft skills of leadership. Like Mendeleev, he had to start somewhere while knowing there was a lot more to come. The reality is clarity is lacking with the current definition of soft skills, although there are a lot of definitions that exist but the complexity of what we call soft skills keeps growing. So let's go to Fort Bliss, Texas, December of 1972, where leaders came together for an extensive interchange between CONARC, the Continental Army Command representatives, and invited speakers and participants regarding approaches to the system engineering of soft skill training. In other words, using the successful strategy of systems thinking to better understand and to utilize a body of growing knowledge that was being called soft skills. Groups that were represented at this meeting were the infantry and their extensive work on goals analysis, the chaplains and the chaplain school with their work on modifying means to achieving objectives when considering soft skills. The Women's Army Corps presented a philosophical approach with considered cybernetic principles and recognizing the importance of process. And the ordnance school, well, let me pause. If if you're like me, I wasn't sure what the ordinance school was or what that role was. And I, I had to learn that this is the sustainment branch of the army, the logistics, the supplies, the maintenance. And the ordinance team recognized skills and knowledge as the real training requirements in truly soft skill areas. There was a story told of how a self-help advisor working in a depressed rural community asked a woodcutter how much wood he was able to cut in a week with his axe. And the woodcutter answered that he was able to get usually about three cords. So the advisor gave him a brand new McCullough chainsaw and told him he'd be back in a few weeks to see what improvements had been made by using the saw. Upon questioning the woodcutter several weeks later, he was told that now the woodcutter was only cutting one cord per week. And and the advisor thought, oh, there's got to be something wrong with the saw. And so he primed it. He gave the quarter pull. And there was that huge roar as the engine caught. The woodcutter cried out, hey, what's that noise? (laughs) You know, we have some resources on every hand, but are we able to optimize their use? Do we understand how to use the tools and resources that we have? Or are we like the woodcutter, where we think we're using what they are, and we're still cutting one cord of wood a week? At this conference with the military, one discussion by the infantry pointed out that rather rather than asking what tasks a graduate must perform, they asked what kind of a person could respond to the demands exemplified by the tasks. I don't know about you, but I found this really powerful. They were looking at the tasks versus the kind of person needed to respond to the demands of the tasks. So rather than a performance objectives in terms of tasks, they arrived at a profile of the graduate in terms of his human qualities. Things such as complex problem solving, imagination, interpersonal relations, awareness of major issues, being relaxed in the presence of high ranking officials, and a familiarity of procedures at various levels of command. At one point in this 300 plus page report that has been released to the public, it was the consensus of the group that the terms soft skill and hard skill be de-emphasized or discontinued, and that there was need for additional comprehensive examples and training in system processes. So here we are almost 50 years later, Still contemplating how to define and measure soft skills. I imagine you've heard that phrase that people are hired for their hard skills and fired for their soft skills. In my experience, there's still an effort to compare and to contrast soft skills and hard skills. With one group adamant that hard skills are more important and another group supporting the stance that without soft skills, success will always be limited. As I study and I teach soft skills, my focus remains on recognizing the underlying dimensions of soft skills, courage, hope, humility. You know, this idea of communication can be taught, but if there is a lack of courage, of humility, of integrity, and I could go on, then what you are measuring is the tactical skill that has been learned on what to say and what not to say. In other words, the communication looks more like an acquired hard skill, which has its uses, but also has its limitations. I recall having a conversation with a young leader who had just completed a course on communication, and some of the content must have included the ideas that a person's name is important, and that if you you need to use the person's name and remember their name, uh, and that it would be critical for your success. So here I am in the, my first conversation with this young leader. And every second or third sentence, at some point in the sentence, she uses my name. I know her intention was to use the information she had learned in her course, to use someone's name, to communicate more successfully, to connect more deeply. But truthfully, after about five minutes into a conversation, I'll I'll tell you, I had started counting just how many times was she going to use my name? (laughs) And no matter how well-intentioned she was, somehow we have to get to the underlying elements of soft skills. Or they do start to look like tactical hard skills. I mean, do we want to say, okay, if we want to learn to say someone's name at least three times in a conversation, we're meeting the expectations of communication. Years ago, my father was very ill and had lost all ability to use his lower extremities. After being discharged from the hospital, he had a home visit with a physical therapist. Towards the end of the visit, the therapist asked him what his his personal goal was. With a soft, fairly sluggish voice, he said, I'd like to walk again within four months. My mom and I were in the room. I mean, besides being husband and dad, we knew him as a Marine, a civil engineer, and an executive level leader. It didn't surprise us. And the physical therapist wrote down the goal and said, I'll do my best to support you in making this happen. But you could see a little disbelief in her facial expression. Four months to the day, I was at work and the phone rang. It was my mom. Nina, he's walking. Your dad is walking down the hall. When I think of this experience, I believe it has influenced my journey to understand and to acknowledge the presence of soft skills. As a leader, although I've tried numerous times to measure soft skills by defining key performance indicators and then seeking ways to measure their presence, in the end, I still feel like I'm missing something. You know, I I understand like the metrics used to measure walking, you know, distance, pace, calories, strength, flexibility, and yet that inner courage and that persistence is what I know had my dad walking down that hallway. As I continue to explore soft skills, I believe the evidence of their presence and their value added is tied to the outcome, the end result. For example, the ability of someone who has been given zero expectation to use his lower extremities to walk again, or the the ability of a team in crisis who flourishes, a leader who consistently demonstrates compassion to unite people from different backgrounds and cultures. These are just some of the end results seen when soft skills thrive within a leader's approach. In 2020, in The Art of Leadership, I shared topics such as how our positive thinking as leaders saves lives, how the need for internal readiness for change never ends, how understanding the shared space of true presence takes leaders to deeper communication and shared action. This year, as you lead yourself and as you lead others, I'll continue to pursue these topics to deepen what I'm calling our understanding of the underlying dimensions of soft skills. Let's go deeper together. In fact, in the upcoming weeks, you'll have access to an online course on this topic that will take you further than you've ever gone before in embracing soft skills. In this podcast, The Art of Leadership, understanding the depths of soft skills involves a deeper understanding of the driving force within us, within you and within me that leads us to add value and meaning to ourselves and to others. This this driving force delivers the how-to as you pursue your desire to grow as a soft skill leader. And are you looking to grow in this area of leadership? Are you looking for a leadership coach? You can reach me at www.healthyleadership.online to set up a call. I look forward to 2021 and the continued journey of exploration into soft skills.